with a different taker That's what makes our show great It's a Sports Week Podcast It's a Sports Week Podcast Hello everyone and welcome back to the Sports Week Podcast Massive show for you this evening. Uh, looking forward to a big show, so we're going to crack straight into it. Uh, we've got a table full of gentlemen ready to rip into this week's show. To my left, old mate Nilo, as always. Hey, as always, I should say, how are you going, Nilo? Not too bad, actually. I'm pretty excited about tonight's show. You are. You're looking very good. You had your pre-feed dumplings before the show. I'll, t- I'll tell you why as well, because it's an all Essendon panel. How exciting oh, is that? It is. That's well, a very good let's point. Let's just have a big discussion about Wider <laughs> and James Herb and how everyone was wrong. Let's, that's how <laughs> Let's hold fire on that. Uh, Daniel's back as well. Daniel, how are you going? Uh, very well, thanks, Liam. A table full of gentlemen and yourself, uh, you should probably <laughs> mention that. Um, go well, mate. Hoping you're well as well. Very harsh, very wow, harsh, wait, but bang. wouldn't expect anything better from you. <laughs> and uh, we've got some big news, boys. We've got a very good friend of the show joining us uh, this evening. Long-time listener, first-time co-host, Aaron. Welcome aboard, mate. Aaron, welcome, Aaron. How you going, mate? Hello, gentlemen. Good to What's, have you aboard, uh, mate. What a pleasure to be on board. Do you really mean that? Or Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, glad to have you on board, mate. I'll get a bit more professionalism than what Damo uh, brings to the table sometimes. <laughs> uh, g'day to Damo. But, uh, speaking of Damo. Uh, what's speaking of Damo? Oh, well, we, we had, a, we had a, uh, a bit of a bet last week. I don't know if you remember. I think we should play it for the listeners right now. Everyone's going to tear him apart. It's, it's bit of respect, bit of respect to Chuck, mate, my mate, man. He's mate, been a superstar. Ch- Chuck will be lucky to make the end of the second round. You want um, something on that? Live yeah. on air. You want Here something on that? Come oh, on. Oh, what, what do we want to go? A slab? A slab. If he makes it past the second round, okay, boys. Handshake live on air. Here it is. Here we go. Put your hand <laughs> out. Put the hand out. A slab. A slab. Hey. There it is. It's happened. And uh, so. Damo, he's actually uh, sent in a bit of a message for you, Liam. Oh, there's a phone in. There's a phone, a phone in. in audio. A phone in. <laughs> here we, here go. we go. Hang on. Damo here from the Sports Week podcast. Just wanted to check in with you boys tonight. Obviously, I can't be there, so all the best for the uh, show. And uh, just wanted to thank Liam for the free slab sent my way. <laughs> a hard-earned thirst needs a fresh cold beer, and the best beer is free. Free bitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Sometimes you've got to just cop your medicine and, uh, yeah, <laughs> fair to say that mundane fight didn't pan out like I expected, so you'll get your slab, Damon. I hope you choke on it, but uh, <laughs> it'll be out very soon, my friend. But uh, big show tonight, boys. Plenty on the agenda. Just a quick rundown of what we've got going on the show this evening. We've got, of course, Sinners and Winners of the Week. We're going to have a good chat about the Michael Clark uh, Gerald Waitley feud, which has uh, ignited in the last week or so. Uh, we're going to have a chat about the Australia-India uh, Test Series, which Neil kicks off this Thursday. Yeah, very excited. Uh, obviously, we've got our weekly NBA wrap, A-League wrap. Um, we're also going to have a good chat about the boxing, two huge fights over the weekend with the Mundine Horn fight and the Fury uh, versus Wilder controversy as well, plus the Summer Beer Garden is back again, Daniel, and some very interesting, uh, potentially heated topics coming up this evening. Very good segment as a whole, so I'd I'd, uh, expect nothing less, to be honest, Liam. There you go, but uh, as always, we'll crack straight into things with... Thanks again, Notorious B.I.G., for the intro. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to give the new ball tonight... 
to old mate Daniel. Daniel, take us away. Ah, very good. Uh, put me under the spotlight nice and Why early. Not? Thanks, Liam. But actually a reasonable uh, segue. You were speaking earlier about the uh, whole Mundane fight uh, over the weekend. That was Friday yes. night our time. Uh, three days ago. Now, I'm going to put my hand up over here and just come out and say that I'm not a huge fan of the boxing right. as a whole. And you actually organised a bit of a uh, social get-together. <laughs> There's a first time for everything on Friday night. Then, so that, that was actually very good of you. I thought, you know what, I'll tag along. Yeah, this didn't sounds get an like invite. could be a little bit of fun. Lost in the mail, Neil. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Australia Post, is it? Could think you're be on a, a little think fun. you're on a Tinder date, but anyway. Go ahead, <laughs> Chances are. Uh, and uh, I, I thought I'd tag along, like I said. And you mentioned it should only take, uh, what, probably around about two three yeah, hours, a couple or hours something along those yeah. lines. I thought, yeah, you know what, I can cope with this. I tell you why, I didn't even know what time it was. And, and I, I, I think it would have been pushing 10.30, 11 p.m. or something along those lines. <laughs> I'd almost fallen asleep on a pool table at Sporting Globe in Richmond. <laughs> Past your bedtime? <laughs> Past my bedtime indeed, especially for something that I have zero, zero interest in. I was standing there and I actually got to the point where I was completely delusional. I was saying, I reckon this guy can beat Mundine. And old mate Liam actually just confirmed to me, yeah, you haven't caught on yet. This isn't the, even the main event yet. <laughs> <laughs> to which my prompt response was a quick shake of the hand to Liam and a uh, good friend of the show, Braden, mm-hmm. and uh, see you later, guys. I'm out of here. So Missed the fight. Missed the fight entirely, just went straight home. So if this is what you guys are hanging around for throughout these entire main events, then I honestly feel kind of sorry for you. That was a <laughs> snooze fest and a half. So I don't even know who I'm centering, to be honest with you. Look, is it Fox Sports? Is it main event? Who am I centering? But I that- think it's main event for scheduling such a long undercard. I think it was pretty poor, let's be oh, honest. It was absolutely terrible, uh, subpar shithouse <laughs> event that I had zero interest in to begin with and this just reaffirmed exactly what wow. my thoughts are on it all. Bang. Uh, so that's my uh, Sinner of the Week this week. I'm going to move it on to a more... I still don't know what his Sinner of the Week is. I'm not sure either. The but, uh, entire event. Uh, I, I'm definitely not happy. Uh, winner of the Week. I'm going to move it along to something a lot more positive now. And my first Winner of the Week simply has to be Keiski Honda of the Melbourne Victory Football Club. Yes. Wow, surprise. Yes. He is an absolute <laughs> jet. And if that doesn't shine through in terms of the way that he actually carries himself on the field than it definitely did in his post-match interview after the 4-0 walloping that Melbourne Victory gave the Western Sydney Wanderers on Saturday night. I don't think we can stress how important it is to have a marquee of this stature to actually help build this game in this country. And the way that this man presents himself is that of a true winner. He's A-grade. He is Terrific, a class yeah. above on the field and off the field as well. So they actually asked him, how did you find it? You swept the Wanderers aside. It was such a dominant display. And he said, to be honest with you, I'm not happy. Oh. We made a lot more errors. We made a, so many errors. And he even came out and said, we were good. But I also think we have to highlight the fact that the Wanderers were actually really bad tonight. Wow. And he said, the fans, when they come and watch this game, they want to be entertained every minute of the game. Wow. And what we did is we took our foot off the pedal and we have to stay accountable and we have to be attacking and we have to make sure that we're sticking to our game plan. Now, I'm not quoting him word for word, but this is the message that comes across. And if you want to instill a winning mentality across any code in the world, any sport, or even in day-to-day life, then listen to this man, Mm -hmm. Keisuke Honda, because he's an absolute winner and my winner of the week. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Uh, how could I go on without giving a honourable mention to Luka Modric, who this morning <laughs> took <laughs> the Ballon d'Or 
uh, basically, uh, well, proclaiming him the best player in the world over the past year. He has had an absolutely phenomenal season, and it's very, very well deserved. Look, a lot of people seem, and, and you know what, it's all these Ronaldo lovers, they seem to be rather upset by him Ooh. getting the gong, but they, this is the mass, the uneducated. They don't know the game. They don't understand what he contributes to the game. So, Ronaldo, with your pretty hairstyle, mate, sorry, unfortunately, you've missed out this year. Luka Modric, from such humble upbringings, just putting it into context again, I think I actually brought it in last time around when I went at him. Six years old, grandfather was shot dead. He and his family became refugees, living in a war zone, grew up to the sound of grenades exploding. Coaches told him he was too weak and too shy to play football. What he had done in 2018 is come up and won the Ballon d'Or. Mm. Luka Modric, up there with Keisuke Honda, Honda, winner of the week. I am now going to throw it over to Neil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it actually uh, does segue in a little bit into my winner, I'll say, because um, my, my winner was actually Melbourne Victory Football Club. Just for that dominant performance on, on Saturday night, that's absolutely magnificent. We were there, Dan, and uh, I, I leaned over and said to you, look, we, we've been great. Western Sydney have been not great, uh, mm-hmm. let's be honest, which was really disappointing to see, actually, in the A-League. But Melbourne Victory absolutely dominated. Could have been one of... I've heard some pundits say it was the best performance they've ever seen from Melbourne Victory, yeah. which is a big a call. very big statement. But Huge. at the same time, it's very hard to argue. We had some. We had a very, very good game, I must say. So that was well, one of my Osmich winners. actually chooses his team of the week across every team that actually mm-hmm. played over the weekend. And he came out and said that Melbourne Victory starting 11 is his team of the week. So oh, my goodness. So puts into wow. context the dominant of that performance. Liam's loving all this Melbourne victory talk. Not <laughs> <laughs> off over it. And they're gelling so well together. That yeah, the so way well, that they're so moving early. the ball, they know, where, they know where that ball's going. They're in sync. Mm, it's absolutely brilliant. So that was one of my winners. The other winner, oh, I've actually got two other very, very brief winners. Virgil Three. Van Virgil van Dyke for that amazing cross in the Merseyside <laughs> Dyke. <laughs> Come I don't on. Know if, if, if you haven't seen that, that, was, seen that was not intentional. <laughs> That's a 96 minute mark of the Mercy Where was he Derby. headed with that? He had a volley from outside the box. He sliced it completely. It he brought down snow with it. He hit it the brought, crossbar three yeah. times. Uh, twice, twice. Yeah, he hit the yeah. crossbar twice and then got knotted in for the 96 minute winner in Liverpool the over Everton. Derby. Right at the cop end. Absolutely brilliant. I was actually going to almost win a god, to be honest, could be, for, for that as well. But uh, it was an Just absolute unbelievable. Even as I'm a Liverpool fan too, you cannot carry on like that the way Klopp carried on running on the ground. Oh, yeah, I know. You I cannot. noticed that. That's ridiculous. I did notice that. Like I saw a lot of people tweet, if that was old mate, you're one of your favourites, Marino doing that, they'd be able to pay. Yeah. Because it's Klopp and everyone loves him, you can get away with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. In any that. sport, you can't have a coach running no. directly in the middle of the totally field agree. while the game is still on. 100% yeah. I agree with if that. If an opposition player had have like done the old Andrew Simons and his shirt funding the ground, it would have been fair enough in my opinion. <laughs> You can't be doing point. that. I'll take your point, but I'm also going to put out there that... Let over me the put it one rider on it. Love the passion. Don't get me wrong. But okay. that's way over no, the no, top. No, no, fair enough. I'll take your point, but I just want to actually point one thing out. Over the course of this weekend, it was Derby Week in the EPL. Mm-hmm. So Tottenham took on Arsenal as well. Mm, good, now, great game, that was. A, a Tottenham fan was actually arrested throw, for throwing a banana peel onto the ground at Aubameyang. Uh, now, Klopp celebration... He's being hammered for that celebration more so in the media than what this racist pig is for throwing a banana peel onto the pitch at the Emirates. So not, I'm just going to put it into context. Two, but do you agree that Klopp should be doing that? 
Look, uh, it got the better of him. I don't like it when Mourinho <laughs> does it, but at, at the same time, look, he, he can rein it in a little bit. What I'm actually bringing to light, though, is that we should probably focus more on the disgusting, the disgusting behaviour mm-hmm. at the Emirates. So, look, I can I can see your point, but the fact that again that that got called out because of so much media exposure mm. and people throwing grenades at Klopp, we're not really focusing on a true matter, is a little true. bit disappointing. For it is, yeah. No, that's a good point. Look, I I honestly was surprised he didn't get a yellow or anything. Like that. That's true. Yep. Um, I felt like he probably deserved it. But look, it's great to see the passion. I love, love him. That. He's a fantastic. And just a very quick third winner, Magnus Carlsen beating Fabiano Caruana in the chess championships. <laughs> no, and genuinely, I know this sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Far and wide we're going. I know this we sounds ridiculous. There. But at the same time, this th- basically the final is a best of 13 matches. They actually drew all 13 and had to go into extra time, basically. And, <laughs> and they had to go into some rapid matches. And in the 13th game of the final, uh, Carlson, he had the opportunity to, to keep pressing in and win, but he surrendered and he drew it uh, deliberately. And then he backed himself uh, in the in the rapid play and he actually won the rapid play 3-0. So that is absolutely balls of steel. Um, to did you watch all this? No, I didn't. No, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, I, I definitely did. But you actually sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like no, I've been following it because there, there, was, a, you about this. there was a uh, there was actually a chance. It, it actually got the highest rated chess championship since I think 57 or something because it's been such a big deal there was a chance it would actually go down right to the wire to the one of the most unbelievable like it was one of the first times it's ever gone to extra time so very very, very good. good very interesting and on to my sinner and this is I've heard you got something special look I'm, right? I'm gonna sinner a situation because it'd be probably too harsh to sinner <coughs> the person responsible for this situation but okay basically and i'm just gonna have to read it out because it's too bizarre to even go through but a third tier irish football club so this is division three in ireland bally brack was playing arklow town on saturday big game yep, yep. big Caught game, that one right, right. <laughs> and uh yeah you, you watched it did you <laughs> and uh so so basically the the league officials were notified of a Ballybrack player actually passing away, Fernando Nuno La Fuente. Oh, no, you're not going to see him for passing away. No, surely not. Jeez. <laughs> Just bear with me, all right? And Condolences so, to the family, by the way. So, I didn't actually catch that game. So, Ballybrack, so Ballybrack uh, obviously pulled out of the game. Everyone had a minute silence and everything like that across the whole league. Uh, very, very sad, obviously. But then on Wednesday, they... They actually released the statement, Ballybrack released the statement uh, saying that actually a senior club of official had actually made the whole thing up. And, oh, uh, no. and wow. he'd take back those commiserations. I take back my condolences. <laughs> poor, poor old uh, Fernando. He's he's alive and well in Spain, having a good time on holidays. This is legit. Pronounced dead. Pronounced dead by one of the Bellybrack officials. And unfortunately, and look, I shouldn't laugh at this, but the, the poor bloke's had a mental breakdown. And he's actually. Since. No, no. He, why? And that's why he did it. And oh. he's actually been relieved of all his duties. He was, a, he, was a, he was involved in the senior team for decades and decades. Decades, but unfortunately, he has a, he's had a mental breakdown and decided to do this for whatever reason as a so publicity stunt. We're or under something. the impression that the he had passed away. We're under the impression that he Jeez. passed away, and it was just one official, a highly ranked official there, who had just gone off 
unfortunately off his nut and made the story up. It's unbelievable. That is acceptable. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's know. Well deserved. It's crazy. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to sinner him because I can't sinner someone having a mental breakdown. Obviously, but just the situation, they should probably they should probably uh, have actually double checked that. Let's be realistic yeah, before maybe going even in. Triple checked it. Maybe even triple checked <laughs> it before abandoning a game, getting a minute silence across the whole league. So the entire situation is my sinner. <laughs> Over to you, Liam. Thank you very much, Neil. I'm not sure how I'm going to follow that, but uh, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> now, um, I'm going to start off with my Sinners of the Week, and I've got two as well, so I'll try and make them relatively quick. Now, the first one is someone who you mentioned off the top, who I don't really mention much ever on this podcast, but it's old mate Jay Hurd. Uh, now, it's Hello. not himself that I'm sinnering. I'm actually sinnering, uh, I'm going to say his parents. I'm going to sinner oh. James Hurd's parents, okay. Aaron, tonight. Okay, parents. Because I'm presuming they're the people who taught James how to ride a bike. Here we go. Here we go. Thank God James is right. It wasn't too severe injuries, and we wish him all the best with his recovery. I think it was a broken wrist he ended up copping. It's time to put the bike away, James. Yeah. Like he's had, I think he's had three <laughs> bike accidents. As he has enough trouble in the last five, six years, three bike accidents in the last probably twelve months. Um, it's time to scan your mic and just maybe just get the tram to your meetings, yeah. or have you got to go? Fair call. I agree. Yes. Enough. enough. <laughs> yeah. Back yeah. For a football player, he makes an unbelievably bad cyclist. Very true. But we do wish him all the best with his recovery. And Absolutely. Thankfully, it wasn't too serious. Now, my second sinner of the week, fellas, is a bit more of a serious nature. Um, and this actually comes off the back of uh, what Daniel was talking about earlier with the Anthony Mundine fight. Yep. Now, what I'm making my sinner, I was actually at a... Uh, uh, pub in Richmond with Daniel. Uh, Daniel actually didn't see this happen because he did leave early because he'd had enough. <laughs> happened at midnight or 12.30 or something. Yeah, it was quite late. But uh, what actually happened was sitting there at a table with a mate um, watching the fight. Just next to us, there's another table of uh, three middle-aged couples, probably like mid-40s, if not later, maybe around 50-year-olds. Mm-hmm. The amount of racial abuse hurled at the TV You're kidding. towards Anthony Mundine You're was kidding. absolutely extraordinary. Really? You Islamic black sea, you Islamic, Islamic oh black dog. I probably don't need to repeat it. Well, or? no, just wow. yeah, for, yeah. for reference. Disgusting. I'm just saying what yeah, they yeah, said. Yeah, I'm not yeah. obviously condoning at all. That's why it's my sinner, Neil. Disgusting. But um, just to think that's still going on in 2018, I couldn't believe it. And I actually looked around twice to look at the bloke, and he put his head down both times. He, he realised that you know people were looking at him. Unacceptable, and This yeah. is a bloke probably about 50 years of, of age doing this screaming at a TV. Disgusting. Did no one say anything or saying? You know, like in a pub, there's music, it's loud. It's So no one really heard no it No one really. Much. Well, I definitely heard it, and twice I looked at him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just pathetic to think that that racism, st- like that banana story you just told Daniel as well. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. say racism getting better. Honestly, I don't know if it is. Nah. Not just in Australia, worldwide. Just At best it's stagnated. Some people seriously need to be examined, and, and, and you should actually be given a license to step into society, but let's not go too far into my beliefs about <laughs> yeah. how we should run this, but that is putrid. Think, think what you want of Anthony Mundine, but he doesn't deserve that. Nah, no on any does. level. So, um, so the rando bloke is your sinner. The rando bloke at the pub, absolute disgrace. And I'm sure there's there's a few others you'll probably think have said the same things about him. So pathetic. Wow, hey, absolutely pathetic. Go. I'll move on to the more positive side of things. And I don't know if this is positive or not, but I'm going to roll with it anyway, Daniel. You're a positive sinner. Uh, no, this is my winner now. This oh, is my winner. Sorry. But I'm not sure I'll if it's a positive <laughs> winner. My winner is the Essendon 
football club. Well, hey. right. I don't think I've ever had them as my winner. I don't think you have. No, not I definitely Probably haven't. Probably seen her a couple of times. Seen her a couple of times, <laughs> definitely not, not my winner. i this in December of all I months. know. What you're thinking, what's happened yes. in the, uh, the world Intrigued. of uh, SNL at the moment? Fill us in. Now, it's come across my desk during the week. <laughs> <laughs> that I want to know where this desk you, is. <laughs> you'll love this, Neilo. Essendon this week came out and have sacked their whole eSports computer games team. Oh, oh no. For a very That's... poor result. They didn't make the finals and they've oh. wiped out the whole the team. The whole thing. The whole oh, thing. So they wow. put out a statement saying the club would like to confirm they're not renewing the contracts of players Christian Sleepy Teniso, Sebastian oh, Sebi Dezagali, Carlo Luch Lisa Vida, oh, Alan Tiger Roger. And Andrew Rosie Rose. Oh, so no, it's oh, good no. to see there's a new, uh, what would you call it, mantra down at and They're not taking any shit. They're being more cutthroat. <laughs> this is the team that BT was talking this about on air, This is the team that BT was talking about on air. So oh, I'm going to miss Sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what Rosie Rose? Do Rosie, you know Sleepy, all the best boys. But uh, you didn't get the job done. And, uh, yeah, out on your ass. See you later. Um, I'll move it on there, boys. <laughs> Good luck to those fellas, Sleepy and Rosie. We do hope they get another job somewhere along the line. Yeah. It's now time for Aaron's first ever Sinners and Winners. Looking forward to this. Excited. Take it away, my friend. Thank you, Liam. I'm going to kick my Sinners and Winners off with a Sinner because I like to finish on a positive note. Now, okay. my Sinner is a guy by the name of Martin Solvig, who is a French DJ. Yes, yep. Right. And, um, his work. You may have... You may have seen that uh, he was involved in the presenting of the inaugural Balloon Door winner, uh, female winner, I should say. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Ada Hegerberg, um, who I believe plays for Olympic Lyon. She does in France, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll come back to her in a second. But um, So, Martin decided to ask her during the presentation of the Balloon Door mm-hmm. to twerk on stage. You're when kidding. He's giving her the award. Whilst I think she just received the award, and he's just he's oh asked her, he's, he did a little dance with her, and then he asked her to twerk on stage. Now, oh my um, there's there's got to be a line, and mm. if if we're going to find that equality where we're offering, you know, people are winning these awards, yeah. and rightly so, Absolutely, you know, we've yeah. got to show them the same respect, yeah, that we're showing our men. It was completely disgusting. It was completely uncalled for. Absolutely, and um. And, and the line has got to be drawn in the sand. So, to get this straight, she's the inaugural, the first ever women's professional football player winner of the Ballon d'Or. Yes. Yeah, and she the caught player that. player of the season. And, and, and Best that's, international player of the season. And, and that's what she gets. And, my and God. That's, and that's how that's she was rewarded. So, um, that's my sinner. And um, well, I, I think we can all safely say that he's not going to get the job next year. Garbage performance, in mm, my opinion. Wow. And uh, good stuff for bringing that one up. Now... My winner I've just touched on, actually, um, is the very first inaugural <laughs> winner of the Balloon Door. Um, very nice. Ada, Ada Higgerberg, you know, what a season that she's had. So, Ada is very successful in her own right. She's actually won three Champions League titles with Lyon. Wow. And Jeez. well and truly deserving of, of the win. For sure. Yeah, Absolutely. And she, she beat out Sam Kerr. A lot of people think that she should have finished much higher than fifth. A lot of people in Australia, yeah. Yes. So, uh, but, yeah, we always back our own, don't we? We'll, uh, we'll always mm. back home Sam Kerr. Exceptional to finish fifth for Sam as well. Mm, We've that got is to put pretty it amazing, out there. actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Bigger things to come for her, I think. For sure. But from what you're saying in relation to these stats, then we probably had a rightful winner, didn't we? Absolutely. And, uh, Ada, congratulations. My very first ever winner and well-deserved. 
I feel, like, well I, I feel like I need to go back and watch this awards ceremony. We've had two sinners from it, a winner from that ceremony. Oh, it all happened <laughs> uh, in the Ballon d'Or. Is, is, is there a replay on, on Fox yeah. Sports or something? <laughs> Probably leave DJs morning, so. away from Twerking, the ceremony. all sorts of things. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. But another thing, I didn't really touch on this too much, but the, the reason why she was my winner is the way that she handled herself on stage. That's well, yeah. true. Um, yeah. She yeah. shot him down so quickly. Yep. She didn't Brilliant. get aggressive, yep. um, yep. which she had every right to do. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was a complete and utter professional. And yep. she was all mm. class. Good on her. Yeah, that's uh, and that's why she was my my very first winner. It's so disgusting, isn't it? It's so belittling that you know that someone in this day and age in 2018 would think that someone could be reduced to twerking when they've just won. Well, not even any time, but let alone a professional female athlete. It's just so disrespectful. Accepting her just award, so is disrespectful. Pretty much shat on the whole the whole thing, which is uh, really really unfortunate. The only time I'll accept twerking is when Damo does it in between oh. breaks of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> Is that a side for sore eyes? But uh, (laughs) very, very uh, good addition of sinners and winners. We've gone very political tonight, boys. We've had some racism, some sexism. It's been pretty heavy, hasn't it? Yes, it's been very interesting to go down the political route, but uh, very good. So um, we'll crack into the agenda for this evening, boys. Now, up the order, we're pulling it up the order tonight, Nilo. Summer Beer Garden is gone to first drop after sinners and winners. So... For those who haven't heard the Summer Beer Garden before, this is, the, I guess you'd call it the summer edition of our AFL water cooler, mm-hmm. um, but it's not just AFL. It's obviously all summer all sports. sports. It covers yep. everything. So we've got plenty in the beer garden this evening, boys. So basically, it's just a little bit of a debate about each topic, what we all think, who's right, who's wrong, good call, bad call, that type of thing. So we'll get into it. Now, the first topic for this evening in the beer garden is... Shane Mumford. Now, we have spoke about old mate uh, the mummy recently on the podcast. Yes, for his, yes. Uh, Indeed. What would you call it? I think uh, synonym him or something. Extracurricular activities. <laughs> exactly, Aaron. Yeah. That's the exact the exact phrase I was looking for. Um, and we know he's been in a bit of strife with some uh, some videos that uh, uh, came out uh, <laughs> recently. A bit of a cold thing. A little bit of a cold, a little bit of a sniffle old mate mummy had. But um, obviously what's happened now, he'd obviously retired last year, did not play last year. By the way, the video was from three years ago. It should be uh, made yeah. uh, clear when he was actually still playing. In season as well. In season, which is pretty poor. But after a year out of the game, due to their, I guess, what would you call it, their ruck stocks being not great, they've the GWS Giants have uh, re-rookied or redrafted Shane Mumford back to the club to play. Mm-hmm. Now, what do we think about this, boys? Is this a good look for the league, bad look? Or more so, does Shane Mumford deserve another chance after what's happened? Should he be allowed back in the comp? Let's give Aaron the first crack at this. The new man on campus? Look, it's something I feel fairly strongly about. I think that um, he's got every right to live his life, mm-hmm. but not during a football season. Mm-hmm. Now, he's, he's obviously done the wrong thing, yep. as many professional sports people have done during their playing days. That's mm-hmm. true. Right? Yep. But this was three years ago. All right? We need to move on and give him a second chance. They sent him to rehab, go. though, which is which is the knee-jerk bullshit reaction, I'll be honest. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three they, years on. Three years on, they sent him to rehab. I mean, what a ridiculous thing. That's a thing. PR start in my Dilo, opinion. thoughts? I'm going to actually strongly disagree. I reckon they shouldn't With have. With Aaron? Yep. I reckon they shouldn't have taken him back. And the reason Based being is, that. well, the reason being is it just sets 
a bad standard, you know, oh, it doesn't matter, you're a footballer, you can get away with it. Whereas, you know, we should all be showing, obviously, uh, I mean, look, I suppose these days the attitudes to that sort of behaviour is a little bit more liberal, I suppose, but it still shouldn't be encouraged. And I think that's almost to the point of what they're doing with this particular issue by, by allowing him to come back. I'm going to go next and strongly disagree with you. Okay. Um, I, I honestly feel, with all due respect, that that's absolute nonsense. One, one it's it's it's, it's <laughs> Come on, that dealer. It's no, don't take it personally. Right. It's just my opinion. I I think it's none of our business. One, two, uh, w- whether he's actually dur- doing it during the footy season or not is rather irrelevant, uh, and that's probably speaking more towards yourself, in my opinion. Again, Aaron. If he's out on the town and uh, engaging in these, as we've actually labelled it, extracurriculum activities, again, it is simply none of our business. This has all been blown up because of the fact that it's in the media. And that he's a... A public person. Correct. It is now common knowledge because of his chosen profession and, and what he's actually good at and it what he excels at. a bad example, at. though, doesn't it, for the people out there? Again, I, I, I honestly have always been on the firm belief that they shouldn't be signing up to be setting examples or whatnot. Okay. It's yeah. Uh, like... Who knows what, and I'm not, you know, <laughs> throwing any of us under the bus, but what do we get up to on the weekends? Now, if if people aspire or kids aspire to- Yeah, of course. If people aspire to actually be like us in our day-to-day life, then why should we be held accountable for what we do on a Saturday night to blow off some steam or whatnot? If he's a serviceable ruckman, if he's a serviceable player for uh, GWS, then they've done absolutely nothing wrong. And also remember, his contract is going to have strict stipulations mm-hmm. about him being caught doing any illicit substances. True, um, yeah. So, he knows that he's on his last chance. He knows true, physically true. he's on his last chance as well. Mm. Yeah. So, I, I tend to agree with you, Daniel. I think he deserves another chance, yeah. but only one chance. I think everyone deserves to make one mistake. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Look, if they set it clear for him in his contract uh, moving forward that you, none of this is to occur, and if he messes it up again, then- by all means, see you later, ship him out. But if that's not in his contract to begin with, and then GWS actually uh, decides to bring him back on board and he can actually do a job for them, then I, I don't really see the issue. It's how much we, as the consumer, want to subscribe to how bad this is. And the PC mm. brigade comes out and says, oh, won't somebody think of the children? <laughs> that's where it actually gets messy and almost distorted. The fact is, he's another human being who's out recreationally enjoying himself, and the, and because he's a public figure, this has gone out to your everyday nuffy like the four of us, and we get to pass judgment on him. I just think it's unfair. Mm. If he's serviceable for the club, and the club's actually done this PR stunt by sending him to rehab as well, then there's absolutely no, nothing wrong with it, in my opinion. I reckon Liam's got some uh, uh, other thoughts here. Well, to a certain degree, I, I do. I, like, I agree with Aaron and himself that he does deserve another chance. Look at what Ben Cousins went through. He yeah. came back and played AFL. Yeah, sure. um, not just in AFL, in any Heavily sport. Heavily under the influence. Heavily under that. the influence, no mm. doubt. Mm. But I totally disagree, Daniel, where you're saying these blokes aren't role models. If they Once they sign up to play AFL, or any professional sport for that matter, you automatically are in the public spotlight, and you're a role model if you like it or not. It's part and parcel of the game. True. 
to think that oh, when they're not just random, you know, wankers like us sitting in a room. <laughs> these are <laughs> professional. These but, are professional <laughs> sports people in the spotlight. But whether they, like, whether model, they like it or not, Liam, define role model. Do you think well, they, or, have, or, they have thousands, hundreds of thousands of kids that look up to them? We oh yeah, don't. but but in their contract is that their no, obligation? No, I'm not saying it's in their contract. Yeah, so define their role for them, and maybe these things won't happen because it's one thing to say loosely, yeah, you're a role model, mate, but it's a completely different thing to go out and define every single component and if they start doing that with AFL contracts or sporting contracts then no one's going to want to be a it's professional a dis- athlete it's a terrible look what he was caught doing I think we'd all yeah, agree with that 100% yep, it's a shocking look what he was caught doing for a professional sportsman to be in that type of state let alone even not a sportsman anyone to be in that yeah, type of state yeah, yeah, is pathetic yeah. But as I said, I do agree he deserves another chance. It was three years ago for one. Plenty have done worse over the journey and probably plenty will do worse going forward than that. And a lot of things that don't get caught out. Lot, they probably have done worse. It hasn't come out. He of got course caught they've done worse. One yeah. of his dickhead mates thought it'd be funny to record it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's come back to bite Mumford on the ass big time. You always hear stories though. And I mean, it sort of minimises, let's just put it out there, it minimises the drugs you know, in in society, even you know, hey, if my favourite AFL player is doing it, then mm. you know, what's wrong with me doing it? I don't know. That's just yeah. me. I just my main comment, I think, would say it's it's. Not, I totally disagree with Daniel saying they're not role models. Thoughts, Aaron? I agree with you there. Um, they are role models, and there's got to be some level of punishment. One thing we want to make very clear is mm-hmm. we're not we're not saying that this is okay. Yep. Um, drug use, full stop. We do not encourage it. I think that it's more about making a mistake and getting a second chance. Agree. Yeah. And I think I think that something that happened three years ago, we don't know what has happened in the meantime. We don't know whether he's yeah. served his penance publicly or privately. But he'll he'll have to serve his penance now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that he deserves Has he been suspended for the first he's not allowed to play the first few rounds, is that right? Don't know. Unsure, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I didn't Interesting. Hear that. But nevertheless, I think we're we're pretty split there on what should happen with Shane Mumford. But uh, interesting topic. Interesting to see how it all uh, how it'll play out. Um, next up, boys, in the beer garden, we've got the Melbourne Phoenix, the new NBL basketball team. Now, what we're going to have a little discussion on is it's came out that they've teamed up a partnership with the Hawthorne Football Club relating to what would you call it, strategic combination together they're going to use the same HR the same this the same that same colours brown and yellow I don't know if it's the same colours but corporate partnership a corporate strategic partnership with Hawthorne basically is what they've done now is this a good look or a bad look for this new franchise now I'll kick off with this because I do have a strong view on it please Mm -hmm. do the main reason I wanted to support this new franchise the Melbourne Phoenix is because they're not connected in any way to a team I don't like. Now, the Melbourne United, who are very successful, don't get me wrong, and I know you're a fan of the Marin. I've seen you courtsided a few games with all the, the big <laughs> wigs sitting there with Beyonce and Jay-Z and <laughs> so forth. Drake. Drake. Jack, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. But the main reason <laughs> I don't go for Melbourne United is because you look up in the banners up the top of when they play, you see all the Melbourne Tigers retired jerseys. Okay. I hated the Melbourne Tigers growing up. I was a South East Melbourne Magic fan. We so go. as long as those Tigers banners are there and they've got affiliation with Melbourne Tigers, I could never go with them. Wowee. Now think of my hatred for the Melbourne Tigers, multiply it by 10 and that's Hawthorne. <laughs> and now the, now now the Melbourne, see, now now the Melbourne Phoenix have, they, they 
rebirth themselves, the Phoenix, as they call themselves, to be like, we've got no affiliation with the magic, none of this. We're just our own team, our own culture, our own fans, and they come out and they do this with Hawthorne. I think it's not a good look. I can see the commercial viability while they're doing it. They'll get some, you know, some real nows from Hawthorne or a very successful club, don't get me wrong. Will I still support them? Yes, I think I probably will because they're not going to be wearing brand and gold. They're not called Hawthorne. But do I think it's a good move what they've done? 100% no. It is a very, very, very bad decision that they've done. And I know Daniel's brother Mario, a good friend of the show, agrees strongly um, on that as well. Daniel, while we're talking about your brother, let's go to your thoughts on this. Uh, let's, I guess, uh, when I look at it as a whole, I think it actually does make complete and utter sense for them. Uh, I can understand. Yeah, absolutely. I can see why you'd be pissed off, uh, you personally, but at the same time, uh, how many members did Hawthorne Hawks have last season? Oh, gee, Hell a, lot. Of a lot. 80, probably. Hell of a lot. If these guys send a pamphlet out to every one of these 80,000 yep. members- they're already out in, 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 in a clear lead from Melbourne United. I actually didn't really toy uh, with the idea of moving across to Phoenix because I thought to myself, why would I? Mario has a gripe because Melbourne's called Melbourne United and he can't follow anyone that has United in their name <laughs> based, on Man- based on Manchester. Fair call. You, I understand, because you've just explained it to everyone about the whole thing with the uh, Tigers. I have zero reason to actually jump ship uh so look it doesn't really impact me as much as what it does you but at at the same time if we're discussing whether or not it was a good idea for me it makes absolute sense if you look at the past decade who's been the best club in the afl they, Hawthorne, clearly. Hawthorne, yeah. clearly. They've been able to get it Geelong. right. And for an upstart... <laughs> <laughs> keep it down, Nilo. Uh, and for an upstart coming into a uh, league which is, well, more and more established, they're actually doing all right. The NBL, it makes complete commercial sense to me. What are your thoughts, Aaron? Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> My hands up. I, 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 I mean, if it was Essendon that they were partnering up with, would you feel any differently? Well, clearly, yeah, because I support Essendon. So. There you go. So, who gives a shit? Let, let them partner up and hopefully Hawthorne can bring them along. I think it's I'm still going to support them, as I said. I'm not jumping yeah. off them, but it's just, <laughs> that's, it, it that's, was a gripe. You're always contradicting yourself. No, that, I mean, I, I, I wish them all the best. I mm-hmm. think that um, we need them to be successful. I think Melbourne needs two successful oh, NBL clubs. Massively, mm. they do. They need and a derby in any sport. And I wish them all the best. I can't wait to get to a, a derby where they're back in... Margaret Court Arena in front of 15,000. Oh, yeah. mm, yeah. um, that'd be good. That'd be great. So, any any commercial or corporate partnerships that can benefit both sides, um, mm. I say go for it. Nilo? I reckon, oh, just very briefly, I mean, I don't have too much of an opinion, but I must you say- you have an opinion on this show, Nilo. All right, all right. I'll, yeah, I'll say- strong commercially, one. <laughs> <laughs> commercially, it's a great idea. I think, like Dan said, sending it out, a pamphlet out to 80,000 people or however many members they had, surely it's going to put them ahead of, of most other basketball um, teams and, you know, obviously. But saying that, though, emotionally, uh, I, look, it could turn some people away, but- just on your point, and Aaron, you'll be interested to know this. Once they announced it on their Facebook page, they put up the you know the status saying, you know, strategic partnership with Hawthorne. Yeah, I read the comments under it. There's probably about 200 comments. Uh, literally, a minimum 150 of them were I saw scathing, that as well. Yeah. Scathing, scathing. Yeah. with multiple people saying, "I was going to support you. Now, I don't want anything wow. to do with you." Wow! I saw the Twitter oh. one, and all the replies were, "I'm out." That's me done. Yeah, I'm plenty. going back to United. Yeah, so wow. it does obviously impact it's people. It's for that exact yeah. reason. They didn't like United because they were, you know, I guess in some way connected to a past team who they didn't like. 
and obviously everyone in this town has very strong allegiances with their AFL side. Yeah. So you can understand that there's going to be some anger, and, and there definitely is. I can see Neil's and your point, Aaron, about the commercial reasons for it, and I'm sure it will be beneficial, but it's definitely rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Interesting. Mm, very interesting. But uh, we'll follow it. We'll follow it. We'll see what happens um, with that. But I definitely agree with what Aaron said. It's awesome that they're coming into the league and we'll have uh, a derby again. And their first signing. They've just signed Mitch Creek. I so did see that, yes. Very, Not very bad. good basketball player. Australian so. Boomer. So uh, very good signing there. Looking forward to that. Up next, boys, in the Summer Beer Garden. Now, this, we don't usually venture too much into this sport on the Sports Week podcast. Obviously, we focus more so, I guess, when it comes to the football codes on, I guess, AFL and also soccer. But um, we're going to talk some rugby league, fellas. We're venturing north. We are venturing north. We're venturing north. Now, this is a story which caught all of our eye this week, and it's been going on for a little while now. Now, this is the absolute circus in the NRL uh, with the Brisbane Broncos and the, and the uh, Rabbitohs. Uh, mm-hmm. South Sydney Rabbitohs. Mm-hmm. Basically, for those who haven't caught up with the news, their two coaches, Wayne Bennett and uh, Anthony Seabold, th- this year signed contracts for in 2020 that they'll switch clubs and coach the opposition club. Wow. So, a year after next? A year after next. How does that happen? So, next year, Bennett would still coach the Broncos, Seabolt would still coach the Rabbitohs. In 2020, switch. they would switch teams. Okay. Now- this, obviously, you can imagine the ripple effect of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, each coach is already, is their mind on the job, you know, for the coming season with their, yeah, with yeah. their club. Mm-hmm. There was already talk that they're already looking at poaching plays from their existing club to go to the Rabbitohs and the Broncos mm-hmm. and vice versa. It turned into an absolute shitstorm, let's be honest. Oh, who, who, who would have thunk it? Huh? Who would have thunk it? Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't have be hard to see it happening. Yeah. And basically how it evolved, they wanted to then move it forward a year, considering all the chaos, and say, let's yeah, just yeah. do it next year. Mm. What the hell's the point of waiting a year? Mm-hmm. But Wayne Bennett dug his heels in and said, no, I've been at the Broncos. He's co- coached the Broncos on and off, I think, for 20 odd years. Five yeah. years, maybe? Six premierships wow. at the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. He said, no, I'm, I'm honouring my contract. I don't care what you say. I'm going to be coaching the Broncos next year. And in the end, it got to such a circus. Just the other day, the Broncos knew they had to make the call and sack him. It was the only way they could do it to get Seabold across. They tried to do it very quickly. Um, they couldn't get a hold of him. He was busy doing something. Is that a family function? Is that a think? family function? So they actually sacked their coach of over 25 years and six premierships via a voicemail. It's just an absolute circus. Now, I know the AFL's got its problems, but compared to the NRL, it's just amateur out some of the stuff that goes on in the NRL. Let's give Nilo the first thoughts on this story. Um, what are your thoughts on the overall situation there? It's just ridiculous that that the whole situation. I mean, who who thought of this idea to begin with? It's just so ridiculous. You see it with players as well in the NRL. It's how a they, weird, very weird they, culture. You know, sign mm. for someone at the start of 2019 for 2020 yep. and the whole year that they're playing. I think we brought it up on the show when we were talking we about Tom Lynch. Um, I think from memory, um, you know, when, when we were saying, you know, should he be sacked and what have you, I mean, he, and we were talking about it as he had four games to go and he wasn't even going to play a game Mm. and, and he got relieved, let alone how do, how do you even focus? Like, there's a lot of negative ramifications when you sign that yeah. far into the future. Absolutely. Oh, it's ridiculous. And, you know, there was even the talks that, you know, Bennett had been already speaking to some of the Rabbitohs players yeah, uh, he about, yeah, he about you know, what, what he's going to be doing at the club next year and what, or the year after, I should say, and what have you. It's ridiculous. And they're trying to poach players from each other. It's just a shambles, an absolute shambles. Aaron? I'm going to side with Seabold on this one. Um, okay. I'll, I'll give you a, a quick timeline from from what I've yep. established. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Seabold's contract was dissolved. 
All right. So he's in a slightly different situation to yep. Bennett. All right. Um, Bennett's was still in place, but the Broncos wanted him out. Okay. Yep. They wanted Seabold. The interest more lay with Seabold going to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Bennett then went and did a press conference saying that he had no plans to leave, knowing that Seabold was a few hours later potentially announcing that he's going to be the new coach at Brisbane. Mm. Her tactical. Right. Now, he's, Bennett has done that just to stir up things because he's not getting his way. Yeah, right? that's true. That's the true. reason why he wanted to stay at the Broncos is the Broncos have a, clearly a better list than the Rabbitohs at the mm. moment. Mm. All right? Aside from the fact that, you know, well over two decades at the Broncos and all that he's achieved, I don't want to take away from that mm. because he's, he's potentially the greatest rugby league coach yeah. we've seen in he this country. Would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arguably, unarguably. Seabold is telling his family, we're going. Yeah. Pack your bags. Yeah, yeah. And he's telling his family, we're not going. Yeah. Apparently, his whole family had many moments where they were all in tears. Yeah. Um, yeah. I heard Wayne that. Bennett knew that he was out the door. Yeah. All right? He needed to suck it up for the betterment of a whole family and just say, do you know what? It's time to go. I heard yeah. that they had they even had to cancel school and then reapply for the school and then cancel exactly. the school again. It's just a shambles. Like, I mean, Bennett's just being really selfish and playing with, with someone else's family. It was pretty, pretty it's a, selfish. It's, it's a shit situation. And yeah, it, no just, it was made so much worse because Wayne Bennett yeah. was so stubborn about the whole situation. That's fair. That's fair. Mm. Dan, thoughts? I've never been a fan of bureaucracy as a whole, but if any organisation <laughs> needs it, it seems like it's the NRL. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What kind of circus have they allowed to ensue with this arrangement over here? Do they not understand the, the concept of contracts? How do you yeah. go and speak to a coach that's under contract and say you're going to go over there and then vice versa? In two years as well as... I'm bewildered. I'm I'm genuinely bewildered. I don't use that word too often. <laughs> Baffled. I don't know what else to say by the end. But I'm surely still trying this to wrap is the my last head around straw. it. Sure, it has it's, to be, doesn't it? It's the it? last straw where they say- They cannot let this happen yeah. again. I, I'm not the brightest of sparks, but I reckon I could draw <laughs> something up for these guys to make sure that, that crap like this doesn't ensue. It's just really, really baffling. I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I think the reason why probably people in, in probably New South Wales and Queensland wouldn't really bat an eyelid to it. I think us four blokes growing up in Melbourne, yeah. in an AFL town, it's such a different culture. Would you agree? Yeah. It's so different. If if any of this happened in AFL, we'd all be just like, our heads would be spinning. Yeah. <laughs> we'd can be you doing imagine? a special episode. I did give Daniel a uh, hypothetical yesterday when I was comparing it. Like, can you imagine, for example, if it came out today that Nathan Buckley and James, and, uh, not James, he's on my mind from before, John Walsfold <laughs> in 2020 would swap teams, but next year they're still going to coach Essendon and Collingwood. That'd be outrageous, wouldn't well, it? You'd have Walsfold's bags packed before that press conference finished saying, piss off now. 100%. Yeah. As would Collingwood fans with Buckley. So, Abs- of course. It's just such a different culture to Melbourne, but uh, very odd story. Aaron? Darius Boyd came out and said, he said, it's it's a part of football, mm. it's a business, and you just get on with things. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not yeah. a part of AFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's I, I don't think it's acceptable, and I think the NRL has to have a good hard look at it. Watching the press conference today, yeah. there was Wayne Bennett in the green, with his new captain, Burgess, beside him. Yeah. And they both looked a little bit disinterested and like they weren't happy to be there. Mm. 
Jeez, so I just, I just think that it, the whole thing is a, a shambles and it's time the NRL did something about it. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out next year as well. Who's happy, who's, you know, if they both put in 100% and everything, it's year. just, be yeah, it's going to be crazy. All right, fellas, up next, we're going to switch our attention to cricket. And plenty going on in the cricketing world, Aaron, uh, at the moment. Uh, obviously, we've got the Test Series nearly between Australia and India kicking off this Thursday. Oh, so excited. But that is not where we're starting off with the cricket discussion this evening, gentlemen. We're going to have a chat about the extremely... Come out of, would you say come out of left field, Aaron? Would you agree with this? This has kind of come from nowhere, this... What would you call it? Uh... Malay, verbal malay between feud, Jared, public stoush between Jared Waitley of all people and a former Australian Test captain Michael Clark. Now, I'm sure pretty much everyone's probably heard about how it all came about now. But Nilo, do you want to give those who hadn't caught up on it a little bit of background on how this started? This. Uh, Stoush? Yep. So Michael Clark did an interview on Macquarie Sports Radio mm-hmm. um, about how, and I'm gonna, just going to quote it, uh, doesn't mm-hmm. matter, um, how Australia's not going to win shit by playing nice. And this is what he said, Australia cricket, I think, needs to stop worrying about being liked and start worrying about being respected. Play tough Australian cricket. Whether we like it or not, that's in our blood. And if you try and walk away from it, we might be the most liked team in the world, but we're not going to win shit. We won't win a game. Boys and girls want to win. And then he went on to talk about... This is another thing as well that I was shocked. He went on to talk about Warner and how... He he said that Warner brings a positive approach to the Australian cricket team. You can't ask him to bring that and then, on the other hand, blame him or ask him to be a pussycat when it comes to giving it. David Warner gives it to certain blokes on the field because he wants to, them to give it to him when he's batting. It's like a turn on. It makes him play better. It's his style. It's very upfront. It's in your face. He said a lot of things, basically. I though. think his main comment, though, was but about the main, if we worry about trying to be liked, we ain't going to win shit. That exactly. was the main basis of what I he was saying. I sent this article to you straight away as you soon did? as it happened. It was... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to give my opinion. And then, obviously, Gerard Waitley chimed in on this, basically on his uh, radio show, came about, I'm not sure how would you say it, Aaron, he was kind of along the lines of insinuating that under Michael Clark's leadership is when the Australian cricket culture turned to shit. I don't know about insinuating. No, he, yeah, uh, you're probably right. He probably did he insinuate arrowed it. Clark. Arrowed Clark. He went hard. after him. Put him in the gun that he was, you know, pretty much to blame for this. Correct. Whole. He said that his win at all cost attitude was responsible for the damning ball tampering incident in South Africa, even though it happened three years after his retirement. That's <laughs> Which, what he said. Interesting says. comment. Now, Michael, <laughs> this is where it gets very interesting. Michael Clark, who's never been a shrinking violet, uh, definitely had plenty to say in return. Now, I'm not going to read it all, but just a few comments that he returned on Twitter. Um, he wrote this, Michael Clark, in response to Jared Wadley. Um, fact: Under my leadership of the test team Australia was ranked number five in the world and 18 months later we were the number we were number one yet you made no criticism of me or our style of play then fact in the process of getting number one I played to win but played by the rules of the game and to a similar level of aggression to the other international teams I played against fact my conduct as an honest and by the rules captain has never been questioned sanctioned or fined other than when I stuck up for George Bailey who was being bullied by an opponent I think that was Jimmy Anderson um, at that time Um, now also, Michael Clark went on to say, fact, for Jared Waitley to insinuate that I'm responsible for the ball tampering issue makes him nothing more, and then he was the headline boys, a headline-chasing coward. Now, perhaps if he was, this is still Michael Clark, perhaps if he was talented enough or courageous enough to make it onto a cricket pitch, he would have a better perspective than behind a microphone. 
talent more so than uh, yeah than courage. <laughs> yeah. Finally, Mr. Mr. Whaley, if you think the current number one team, meaning India, in the world of cricket right now puts being liked higher of, of higher importance than being respected and playing to win inside the rules of our game, then you are as delirious as you are ill-informed, Jared. So pretty heavy stuff from Michael Clark very in return. Much. Now, I know, Aaron, you've got some very uh, strong views on this overall topic. Let's give you the new ball on this one, mate. What are your thoughts on this whole Thank you, Liam. saga? Look, um, I've got a lot of time for Jared Whateley. I met him at a function a few weeks back, okay. and um, he was exactly as you would expect. He's uh, very astute. He's very friendly, um, exceptionally knowledgeable about all things, as we see on his Fox programs, and um, had a good chat with him for a good 10 minutes. Okay. So oh, nice. um, He lived up to all my expectations. I was really disappointed with the way that he went about it and the way that he attacked Clark yeah. with so much vitriol. Like, he really mm. went out for him. He, he targeted him. And I thought that it was well and truly over the top. Clark has done a lot for this country. Um, oh, yeah. He's proven himself as a successful captain and one of our top five, top ten batsmen of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He deserves more than that. Mm-hmm. And my opinion... Jared Waitley crossed the line, and very unlike Jared as well. It is, yeah, mm. very true. Daniel, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm probably not your most avid of uh, cricket supporters, but even I know that uh, Clark actually did a lot for this country when it comes to cricket. He was a he was a really strong captain for mine, who actually probably unjustifiably copped it a lot during his actual reign as captain from the media. Uh, I, I don't think Waitley has a leg to stand on. I don't know why. Th- this, uh, this comes across as an unprovoked attack for mine, and I, I think Clark has absolutely every right to put it back in his place. I think that uh, Jared's obviously knows some things that the average punter might not know. That's what mm. I was going to say, exactly what I was going to say, to be honest. And, and, you know, he must have some insider knowledge to be able to say, t- just say, statements like that like surely you wouldn't just come off the bat and say it as an average punter like he must know something inside and on the whole situation I just want to commend Clark for coming out and saying his first comment the one that I read out earlier I felt like that it was it was exactly exactly right very measured wasn't it we we have to stop thinking about being liked Mm -hmm. we have to start playing hard again and not it's gone, it's gone well, this be like thing, the last 12 months, hasn't oh, it, since the ball's hammering It's disgusting, isn't it? Have we won a game? <laughs> I know, <laughs> I'm barely. Not sure if we have. But it has to, we have to start getting a, a bit of uh, mongrel about him, you know, rather than Agreed. actually being liked and being nice. And he's exactly right. India don't want to be liked, they want to win. And it's the same as what we should be doing. And under Clark, we did do that. Now, saying whether that did cause the toxic culture. There possibly is an argument for that, but there's, they've got to find a balance, and hopefully Justin Langer can do that. The other point I wanted to make is on David Warner, his comments backing up Warner, saying that Warner, even though he isn't fantastic off the field, his, let's just go mongrel again, his mongrel on the field really brings the whole team up. His diving, his throwing down the stumps, his antics really fire the whole team up. What are your thoughts on that, Liam, and especially Dan? Because I know you guys are such big Warner fans. <laughs> uh, well, I'll stick to the topic at hand first, Neil. I'll have my response on the... the no the, worries, that's the, fine. The Waitley-Clark 
debate. I, I agree with what Aaron said. I think Jared Jared Waitley clearly crossed the line with those comments. I think he went way too far. I think what we may be forgetting, what Jared Waitley's saying is he is putting a more importance that we can play nice, be liked, and still play well. Michael Clark saying the Australian way is we cannot do that and play well. Mm, is that mm. the issue, though? I think like, that is the issue, but I agree with Michael Clark. That's not our way. For good or bad, it's not the Australian way. We've all grown up. We're all the similar you know, ages. We've grown up for most of our lives. Australia have dominated yeah, cricket, haven't correct. they? Correct. Now, it's probably been the worst 12 months <laughs> in my life, cricket-wise, watching the Australian Absolutely. team mm-hmm. since all this happened with this new mantra that we have to be liked and be respectful and don't sledge and you know hold hands with the opposition and sing kumbaya. It's, it's not, it doesn't work well for the Australian cricket team. It's never going to work well. Michael Clark was 100% correct what he said. And for Jared Whaley to come out and pretty much attack him of being a massive cause of the problem, um, I think was way over the line, way over the line. And he got a you know, return serve, which he deserved uh, very nicely for Michael Clark, in my opinion. Aaron? Look, I think the question comes down to, do we want to be liked or be respected? Because I think there's a very big difference between the yep. two. True. Um, I don't think we need to be liked. Um, Definitely I not. think that we've proven ourselves that we've completely, as, as the Australian cricket team, has completely lost its respect um, through the sandpaper gate and yeah. the, the, the follow-up actions. Mm. So we've got to earn that respect back, all right? Yeah. Do we have to be liked? How, no. how do you earn that respect back, though? Because a part of the mongrel and uh, the identity of uh, Australian cricket as a whole, I think, kind of has led them to, to sandpaper gate and instances along those lines. So you look, draw the, the line, they, they could, Daniel. Yeah, well, you draw the line. How do you draw yeah. it? You well, can play hard without cheating. Yeah. I think that's what Michael Clark's saying. Play hard, sledge, be in their face. No one's saying cross the line and do what happened, you know, with the sand, sandpaper gate. But to think a lot of people are saying we should all be friendly and nice and just, yeah. you know, it's, it's gone too far, I think. And and, and you, can be, you, you can be respectful of your, of your opponents. David Warner is known within cricketing circles as being an attack dog. All right. Yeah. Do we really need an attack dog? All right. Well, yeah. If 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 you've got if you've got keepers chirping underneath the batsman's ear. Yeah. All right. Getting in their ear. Bowlers dropping little comments here and there. You can still do that. You can still play an aggressive brand of cricket mm. without being disrespectful. So you True. would disagree with Michael Clark's comments on Warner. I'm taking it. On his, his comments on Warner, absolutely. Yeah, um, thank you. Aaron. Yes, yes. He's yeah. he said um, oh, he pays. What did he say? He plays a positive brand of cricket. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He no takes it too does. far. He does. Thank you. And there's and there's a lot of lacking of respect within the Australian cricket team at the moment for Dave Warner. It's true. He's, yeah. he's got a lot yeah. of work to do. He's not well liked by his teammates. No, let alone no. Australian fans or the opposition. And, and I think that speaks volumes. So mm. let's let's earn the respect back. Let's play hard, all right, but let's make sure we don't cross the line anymore well, yeah. because mm. we are the, the least respected and least liked cricket nation in the world. We've got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Very, very well said. Extremely well said, Aaron. Any final words on that, boys? Nilo? Well, I'll, I'll ask it again very briefly, oh, yes, your opinion sorry. on Warner <laughs> and Daniel's that. opinion on Warner. Look, I 100% agree with everything Michael Clark said in response to Jared Whateley about how the Australian cricket team needs to act. 
But yeah, I agree with you guys about Warner. Warner has been a big cause of a lot of the problems. I agree he does go over the line. I don't think he'll ever play again for Australia, Aaron. David Warner, in my opinion. I don't think he'll make possible. it back. It's I think Justin I think Justin Lang is hell bent on this new culture. I can't see David Warner coming back into it. True. You know, I can't wait to see Steve Smith back, who made a mistake. And Bancroft. And Bancroft as well, if he's good enough to get back in the team. But yeah, Steve yeah. Smith in particular, I think he'll be back for sure. But David Warner, I think he's uh He's toxic. What do you say? He's whatever they say. Numbers are stamped. I don't think he's gonna be coming back. Um, in my opinion. His passport is quite possibly stamped. Yeah. So, Interesting. Uh, time will tell. Time will tell. Um, I'd like to see him get one more chance, I think, but yeah. he's got a lot to prove before he gets that chance. Daniel? Your responses were very measured. Mine's, I'm just going to come out and say, I, I can't cop him. <laughs> I cannot cop this bloke for the life of me. I cannot stomach him. I cannot watch him on television. He's a huge, huge reason behind... Me not watching the Australian cricket team. You don't uh, like his uh, OLED TV commercials? Oh, oh, man. <laughs> honestly, honestly. It's things like that that just drive me further and further away from the game of cricket in this country. I think, um, you know, I, I grew up uh, following the West Indies and that was because of guys that... Mention you know, that. That uh, in, in the Australian team that I didn't really like all that much because of the way that they went about it. But they look like absolute angels in retrospect when you compare them to the, the, the buffoonery of this man. Which is what I was going to comment on, actually, to be honest. I was going to say that when we were growing up, the Australian cricket team were actually pretty well liked and pretty, you know, you had your Gilchrist and you had your Steve Waugh and everything like that. Yeah. But saying that, you also did have your, your Ricky Pontings, your Shane Warnes, you know, people who you actually say that turned you off the game, which yeah. I'm really surprised about. But maybe, maybe that's what we need like right now. Absolute ne- next level, though. He is, yeah. Absolute next level. I've come to accept that sledging and, you know, being an, an, the occasional smartass is a part of the game. Absolutely. You're pretty good at yourself, Daniel. I am. I, am. <laughs> I, I, I learn from the best, Liam. <laughs> uh, no, so in short, look, I, I can't cop the guy. And if he's off my screen uh, for an extended period of time, I may just very well find myself getting back into cricket. Oh, here we go. This isn't on the rundown. Any of you blokes, I know you've probably played cricket and grown up. Neil, I'm not sure about you. I know I did. Ever here, what's the best sledge you ever heard in the field? Uh, live? Oh. Live? I know one I caught once. I remember batting. I would have been about under 16s. Okay. Do I have to get the beeper no, no, out? No, no. I was batting and the wicketkeeper was telling me all sorts of things he was doing with my sister last night. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I even have a sister, but yeah. apparently he was doing things with her. But uh, he had some interesting things on the cricket field, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, that was a random story. <laughs> the, the, best, the best sledge I've heard, um, yep, which was international cricket, was um, somebody said to... Mark or at least I'm the best cricketer in my family. Yes, that would burn. I oh, <laughs> love that sledge. That would burn. But um, all right, boys, we'll leave it there on the whole uh, Michael Clark issue there. But just quickly, boys, let's get our predictions for the big test series, which kicks off this week. Um, interestingly, it's a four-test match series, which I'm not sure why. That's odd. You think it'd be three or five, so you have a clear result. I'll kick off, boys. Unfortunately, I cannot see Australia winning it. I think India's batting lineup is just too strong. Even though they're not great on our pitches, I still think they might get the chocolates. I'll say India 2-1. I think there'll probably be a draw in there somewhere along the line. There usually is one, so I'll go India 2-1. Aaron? Uh, yeah, look, unfortunately, I tend to agree with you. I think that, um, you know, if if you're going on history, yeah. Australia will get up. If you're going on form, India's going to get up. I believe uh, India has only won in Adelaide once wow. in their history of coming there. Yeah. But it wasn't that long ago. I think it was 2003. Okay. I think that their batting lineup is going to be it's too phenomenal. strong. I 
totally mm. agree with you there, Liam. Um, and I, I think that we've just got too many too many holes at the moment that we're going to try and. I think especially part- in our batting order, our batting order is pretty weak. Yeah. Pardon, pardon my pun. We're going to try and sandpaper over. Um, <laughs> yes, okay, I went Matt. there. <laughs> pardon um, my pun. Two one. India. To India, mm-hmm. and I think that India will scrape by in the first test, and I think that will decide it for them. There you go. Nilo? Uh, look, I'll probably go India 3-0, I reckon. 3-0? Hopefully, hopefully Australia will get a draw in there, but I'm not holding my <laughs> breath, but, uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be happy with one draw at least. One thing I'm just... <laughs> the, 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 honestly, I'm... optimistic, Nilo. Well, one, th- one thing I'm going to say, though, is a recent article by a CrickViz writer, and I don't know if you've seen CrickViz on the TV. It's the one that does all the predictions, you know, 50%, 50%, yep. whatever. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep. Um, ben Jones, he analysed Coley's batting, and they did, they did some uh, computer analysis on it, and Coley averages 46.28 against full delivery, 66.33 against good length balls and 69 against short. So what's happened is that found its way into Justin Langer's hands and he even really? distributed the article amongst his players as they arrived in Adelaide, the ESPN has reported. And so look to see Coley getting a few full balls considering there's a 20-run difference between full go. and Stats good length and back, short. Daniel. If we can keep him to, to an average of 42, that would be a pretty good result. Yeah, I reckon. We'd be happy with that for sure. But uh, huge series coming up, huge summer of cricket. I think with India playing in Australia with such a big Indian population, it's always a massive series. So looking forward to it, boys. But uh, we'll keep the show rolling along, boys. And up next, we're going to talk some NBA. There's always plenty happening in the world of NBA. I think we're going to kick off the NBA this week, Daniel, with Greg Popovich. Now, oh, now there's been some interesting comments that he's made this week. I've been thrown. I should say that Aaron's just put his Golden State Warriors hat on as we speak. <laughs> it's uh, happened. Props on stage. This is unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, we'll stick with the popper, which one first up. We'll get to your worries. Don't Sorry worry. Sorry to throw you there. No, you've thrown me. All good. He came out, um, Greg Popovich, uh, in a press conference this week, and this was his quote, fellas. There's no basketball anymore. There's no beauty in it. It's pretty boring. That was his quote. Now, since then, there's been a lot of- Interesting. Very interesting. There's been a lot of talk of, I guess, has Greg's time probably come to an end? He's been an amazing coach. I think five championships- with the Spurs, is it time he hung up the uh, the suit jacket, Daniel? What do you, you take us off on this? I guess it depends on how he elaborates on that. W- was there anything else that he actually gave us in terms of context uh, uh, around? I think just with it's just he was, complete three point shooting. Yeah, There's he, no he, real he, skill. He was involved referring anymore. to the, the three point shot, how it, it dominates the game, and it's changed the way that teams set up, how they're yeah. structured. Well, then, sadly, I'd probably have to say that he should uh, consider it. Uh, I am a huge, huge fan of pop. Uh, I've loved watching him. I like his personality. I know it rubs a lot of people the wrong way uh, when he refuses to give anything during in-game uh, interviews and whatnot. <laughs> but look, it, it, it's either ship up or ship out, I guess. It's one of those ones. And if the game's past him, which is what he's indicating by actually coming out and saying that, then he needs to start considering it. That's just the reality of, of, of the field in which you're an employee of. But you look at his style, his style, his whole coaching career has been get it down low to David Robertson, get it down low to Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan. Um, just give it to Kawhi. Now it's like get it down low to Aldridge. It's such a different style 
compared to, to so many other top teams who play outside the perimeter with three-point shooters. I can't mm. even think of a good three-point shooter the Spurs have got. The only good three-point shooter I can think of they've got is off the bench, which is Paddy Mills. It's such a different style that he coaches. And if you look at their stats this year, they're 22nd in the league for points, the Spurs. And I know they're currently, you'll have the figures there, Daniel, where the Spurs are currently in the West. I'm pretty sure they're pretty, I'm certainly not in the in the um, playoff seeds at the moment. Well, it's a tight conference, but that said, I mean, uh, they are sitting 12th at the moment. Yeah, who would have thought that with the Spurs? So. Exactly. Well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I'll, I'll, I'll answer the question. I think it probably is time. His time's up. He's had a phenomenal career. I think he's a prick of a bloke the way he carries on. I disagree with you. I think, I think his interviews strongly. I think Liam his, goes bang. <laughs> I think his interviews are disgusting the way he treats you know female and male reporters with his smart ass answers. But regardless, he's been a phenomenal coach. But I think definitely at the end of this year, his time's up. Yeah, I think he should definitely hang it up, Maren. Whew, wow, you've just gone bang. I'm <laughs> taken aback by that. I've got a lot of respect for Pop. Pop has achieved a lot in the game, and I'm really torn. I'm going to fence it. You won't like this. I'm really torn. I agree with Pop in as far as the three-point shot, and and let's face it, Steph Curry... Changed the game, Steph Curry. He's changed the game Mm -hmm. massively. The three-point shot is now the main scoring weapon for a lot of teams in the league. And, And you'll see teams play really good D for 22, 23 seconds. They'll force up a bad shot. Yeah. Somebody will tap the offensive rebound out to an open three-point shooter, mm-hmm. and bang, you're down, you're down three points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can be rewarded yeah. for playing poor offense, mm-hmm. and you can be punished for mm. playing good defense mm. because of the three-point shot. In this day and age, even your centers have got to be able to shoot the three ball. Absolutely. It's changed massively. Now, conversely, I love what Steph Curry does. I love what teams are doing now and I don't think it is as pretty an art form as the low post game. And, you know, I'd rather watch dunks and threes, but I I love what the three-point shot is doing. So, yeah, I'm going to completely fence it on this one. I totally agree with Pop's point that it's changing the game not for the better as far as a spectacle. Mm. But, Mate, I'm, I'm 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 happy to watch teams live and die by the sword, live yeah. and die by the three. Yeah, well said. Um, I mean, look, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, either you have to subscribe or think of a way where you can combat that and revolutionise it all again. So, sounds like he's running out of energy to do it. Sadly, I think his time's up. Great career, but yeah, time to move on. In my opinion. Up next, boys, let's have a chat about, well, we can't not talk about the Warriors considering Aaron's put his Warriors hat on <laughs> Thank you. live in the studio. And they've had a very interesting start to the season, Aaron, to say the least. They've been very up and down. A lot of infighting that's happened, I guess, with Draymond and KD. Will KD stay next year and so forth? Uh, it should be mentioned, he's actually been on a tear the last week. He's currently averaging, boys, over the last four games, 48 points. Kevin Durant. It's insane. Absolutely on fire at the moment. What have you thought of their season so far, Aaron? It's been an interesting one. No surprises from me as far as the injuries that they've had. I think when you take out one or two key pieces out of any team in the league, they're going to struggle. And when you try and find that new balance, teams struggle. Um, Look at the Warriors when Kevin Durant came in. The moment he came in, I said to many people, I said, they're going to struggle for about 30 games to find that balance. You can't just have 
two or three superstars and then add in another superstar. And that's exactly what they did. They struggled for 30 or 40 games. Mm. They were almost losing as many as they won. Mm-hmm. But they found that gel. Mm-hmm. They, they learned how to play off each other and, and, and feed each other. Mm. And they became, you know, the best team we've seen since Chicago, arguably. Now they're, now they're struggling with injuries. And when you get injured players, especially all-star players, Uh, you start to lose games. When you start to lose games, you get in fighting. So, I haven't been overly surprised. I would have, I like the fact that, I think that Kevin Durant has made a big effort to try and keep it in-house. Yeah. Whereas, as as we know with Draymond Green, he just shoots (laughs) his mouth off any (laughs) chance he gets. Um, He's he's a a big-time loose cannon. Can you see that team being together as currently constructed next season? I can't. <sighs> no, Fingers crossed. I can't either. Fingers crossed. Mm. I think that um, who wins the championship this year could be a big decider. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, KD might just say, do you know what? I've got the championships. Now I've got to go and restore my legacy and go and see if I can help an average team win a championship. I'd love it if he did that. I a lot of people would. So, again, time will tell. I hope that he sticks around. I hope that he sorts out his beef with Draymond. And we'll see what happens. But um, no, I'm I'm comfortable with where the Warriors are at at the moment. I've yep. loved watching Kevin Durant for the last week. He almost made my winner, but I thought a little bit too much bias going <laughs> on there. But he is he is on a tear. Very true, Daniel. Uh, you mentioned uh, Aaron take out uh, two All Stars from any team, and you watch them struggle. I'm just looking through the teams in the league, and I mean, how many how many teams can actually say that they've got two All Stars? Good uh, point. I, I think w- w- what I'm actually trying the top to top team in the West probably has zero. Denver. Oh shit, they've gone down to second. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, no, the Clippers have gone the down second to second team in the today. West. I don't think we'd have an second All-Star. team. Uh, <laughs> nah, uh, I think Denver would be struggling for one as well as it stands. But that that goes to show the kind of talent that there is over in the Western uh, Conference. I mean, looking through it, there are a multitude of teams who haven't got anyone who's close to resembling an All Star at the moment. Warriors have five, at least four. Mm. Uh, no, they so the, the the starting five once Boogie gets in there. Yeah, all five. Um, five all stars. Yeah, <laughs> so that's absolutely absurd. So that's unfair. My, my question to both of you guys. I mean, look, it is what it is. But my question to you both, and this would probably apply for uh, you know, I mean, even when you look at Philly, uh, because of the pieces that they traded to get Jimmy Butler across, but predominantly uh, the uh, Warriors, of course. Are these quote end quote super teams of the NBA becoming a little bit too top heavy? What, you when you are losing like the Premier League, like the Premier League, yeah. Oh, look, I guess so. But I mean, what I'm what I'm getting at is one or two injuries, the wheels don't fall off for a lot of these. I, I won't even call them average team, but I mean, take a look at I guess uh, who can we look at? Clippers. Let's actually point them out. Let's point out Denver. And how good are they going, Liz Quietly? Yeah, let's point out Indiana, even though Oladipo might be an all-star moving forward as well. I mean, those types of teams, if they lose three pair players off their roster, they won't have a drop-off like the Warriors have. Now, that's actually talking to the standards that the Warriors have set, mind you. But at the same time, if you're losing two players and sometimes you watch that Warriors team and some of their starters, you're looking at them and it's like, who are these blokes? That's because we're used to these all-stars running around out there. So, what are your thoughts on it all, Liam? 
Just one point. Now, I'm not a Warriors fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I agree super teams aren't good for the league or in any sport. They're not good. Mm. It obviously um, you know, definitely affects the competition. But in defense of the Golden State Warriors, three of their best players, well, definitely their best player, Steph Curry, also Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, all three would went through the draft, all drafted to the Warriors through the draft. Mm. They weren't like LeBron Absolutely. and no, you know, no, Chris no. Bosch that formed a super team. They've yeah. all been at the Warriors since the start. Absolutely. The only one that's you know jumped on the coattails is Kevin Durant. And now Boogie as well. Now and Boogie, but Boogie's it's, it's just for the, the one that season. I'm trying to, it's not the point I'm trying to make. No, I'm, 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 I'm just I'm in not, respect to the Warriors. Yeah, that absolutely. They have done it through the draft. I don't want to target them, but I'm talking about the league as a whole. I mean, they're very... Heavy, top heavy on the all stars. There's, there's just there's five starting all stars, yeah. and it's just absolutely absurd. And I get it that they've got those egos, and that's why we're seeing the infighting and whatnot. And to build that a, a good chemistry in a team like this, hats off to Steve Kerr because he is absolutely magnificent. But these things are going to happen. But I think we have to put it into context. When yeah. Aaron says, take two All-Stars out of any team and they're going to struggle. Well, of course they're going to struggle. It's two All-Stars out of five players that are starting. It's it, it's just a little bit interesting in terms of where the league's at, the association's at at this point in time, where we can actually say that. And Phil is becoming one of those teams now. Mm. So, firstly, my belief is, the reason why I'm not concerned about it, my belief is, is a team of champions will never beat a champion team. Well, yeah, true. Okay. Now, obviously, we've, we've seen... I, I believe that the Golden State Warriors are a champion team of champions, if I can say Fair that. Cool. Fair because cool. they've, they've built it from scratch. If you look at the, let's say, Manchester United from the, the 90s, right? Yep. Mm. They had Giggs and Scholes and yeah. Beckham, and, and they built those... Those guys, yeah. so Alex Ferguson built them from kids True. to be superstars. Yeah. All right. So what is what is a super team? What is a team of champions? I'm I'm not too concerned. Uh, I think that uh, as you can see with the results at the moment, you know, champion teams are, are dominating yeah. the conferences. That's mm. true. So I'm not overly concerned about that. Okay. Interesting. One other note just on that, boys, which uh, might raise your eyebrows here, Aaron. Uh, Kobe Bryant actually came out today. I'm not sure if anyone saw this quote. Basically, with some words that. for the Golden State Warriors fans. And I'll quote uh, the Black Mamba. Uh, we'll be champions again before you know it. And we'll be laughing in the face of all these so-called Warriors fans who came out of nowhere. Bang. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> Oof. Bang. So, Kobe's uh, definitely uh, not thinking the Warriors uh, juggernaut's going to roll on for too much longer. Me and Nathan. Happy, aren't we? You and Nathan, yeah, right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anything else in the world of uh, basketball? That's Coach Fred Hoiberg yes, uh, got the sack yes, from the Chicago Bulls uh, this morning, our time. And um, this has been such an interesting journey, uh, having Fred Hoiberg as the coach. Uh, of course, uh, the Bulls got rid of Tom Thibodeau, well, close to four years ago now, and said, we don't like your brand of basketball. What we're going to do is we're going to bring a fresh, young coach from mm-hmm. college who's been very successful into Fred Hoiberg and we're going to build a fast team a dynamic young team and then they brought in Rondo and Waite uh, so it <laughs> so says, says heaps about the front office in Chicago and, and what they think they're trying to do and what they're selling to the fans as opposed to what's happening behind closed doors look was he given an ample opportunity kind of uh, was it on his terms at no point you haven't at improved no, for at a long no time. point whatsoever. But yeah, I at the same time, and this is why I say it, it, it's an odd scenario. I think the right decision was to actually let him go. Now, in his defence, he actually hasn't had four of our five best players this season. 
True. Which has made it ultra difficult. Who are they again? Markinen, I can think of, is one. Markinen, Chris Dunn, Bobby Portis, <laughs> and, Denzel, and, Denzel, and, and Denzel Valentine. Got there, uh, man. They're, they're four of old names there, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I haven't heard of three of those names. Me either. Okay. Well, um, that's, that's because you guys are busy l- watching super teams and not the young, <laughs> young up-and-coming <laughs> developing teams. All right? yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I don't think Fox Sports shows those. Yeah. those no, they don't. You'd have to subscribe to League Pass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, I don't yeah. think Denzel Valentino is going to be an all-star anytime Valentine. soon. But, uh, so, look, four of, whatever four of our five best players is the point that I'm trying to make over here. Uh, when was the last time your Clippers won a championship, Lane? Oh, here we go. Well, look, while we're, while we're throwing stones. Uh, so, look, it, it is a curious, curious case when it comes to Fred Hoiberg and him being let go, I think, is really, really interesting. He could have been given another year, but it would have actually carried along the same kind of road that it has. Any idea who the replacement will be? Yes, true to form, uh, the Chicago Bulls being tight with their money have just promoted uh, one of the assistants and I think they're paying him one million or so to see at the rest of the season. Oh, so it's kind wonderful. of like get, get in there and just see what you can do. I don't know what their plan is moving forward, but... Surely, I'd say surely it was the right decision to sack him. You've been terrible for a long time now. If you compare that to, say, the Cavs, mm. Ty Lue was shit for, what, five games this year and got the arse. You've been shit for five years. They're completely different circumstances. No, I know that, but you can still compare things. No, you He's can't. Had, no, you can. No, you can. I, no, I am comparing you, you it. You actually can't. Well, I just did, so, okay, so I am comparing No, well, you can't. <laughs> I'll ter- tell you why. You're a terrible franchise living on past <laughs> glories. Well, perfect, exactly, and that's why you can't compare it. Because Cavs have ambition and we don't. So you actually made my point for me. Our front office is a bunch of tight asses who don't want to invest. And can anyone tell me the last time that actually Chicago uh, paid a luxury tax? <laughs> Let me just check Google on that one. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. never. They have had zero ambition forever. They are still living in the 90s. They've got Paxson in the front office uh, with... Uh, Rodman and... Is he in the front office? Or? No, he's over in uh, North Korea somewhere. <laughs> but all in all, it, it is a basket case. So it's a completely different objective for the organisation. So comparing the Ty Lu circumstance with Fred Hoiberg is worlds apart. Yes, they're both head coaches. But you can still compare how patient a franchise is with their coach. Ty Lu won a championship very recently. Yeah. They had a shit six games. He got the arse. You've been real bit rebuilding for five years. But there's tanking in that as well. But this is, goes to show again how directionless our front office is because they said that they're going to build a young team and then brought in Wade and Rondo, which doesn't match the coaching style of Hoiberg. And Denzel. Don't forget Denzel. And then traded <laughs> them out. Denzel Val- Valentino, was it? Yeah. Oh, mate. I'll ask you, James. <laughs> He's cracked it. Daniel's not a demo. He's cracked the shits. <laughs> He's I don't know. Are we talking about Hoiberg anymore? Question without notice. Cleveland and Chicago, which team has better cattle on the paddock? Right now. Right now. Chicago. Chicago? Yeah. I'd say if they were playing each other tomorrow, I'd put my money on the Cavs. If I think who is better in two or three years, I'd say I'll make Grumpy's team the Bulls, I'd probably say. <laughs> I don't think you can you can blame the coach too much if they if they don't have a talented list. Like if uh, if Kerr doesn't achieve at the Warriors, yeah. he's out the door because well, he's yeah. got the best list potentially That's of all true. time. So what, baff- what baffled me with the Ty Lu scenario is that they were tanking anyway. What, like, why actually, why, why get rid of Ty Lu? Yeah, I didn't it get that one. It just goes to show that, that it's a completely thankless organisation, only, really. Only Nostradamus and 
Liam could have seen that one coming. <laughs> and Valentino. <laughs> and Valentino as well. He probably well. saw it happening too. He probably did. But uh, I think we'll leave it there for the NBA this week, boys. Uh, plenty to come next week. We'll be following Valentino's progress at the Bulls very, very closely <laughs> from now on. All right, boys, up next on the show tonight, Anilo, we're going to talk about another sport similar to rugby that we don't mention a lot on our podcast, and that is the sweet science of boxing. Two huge fights over the weekend just gone, the Anthony Mundine-Jeff Horn fight, uh, and of course the Wilder versus Fury fight, which ended in huge controversy in America on Sunday. We might start with that fight. I just want to say off the bat, there is no more corrupt sport in the world. I know you talk about Daniel that FIFA's corrupt. Mm. There's no more corrupt sport in the world than boxing. The judging in boxing is just absolutely phenomenally corrupt. Um, If you've seen that fight... 99.9% 99.9% of anyone who looked at it obviously thought that Tyson Fury probably won very easily uh, and it was scored obviously a draw in the end. Amazing fight though, 12 round fight. Huge credit to Tyson Fury, Neil. This is a man who I think it might have only been about 18 months ago was about 170 pounds heavier than he was when he walked wow. into the ring on Sunday. He was suffering from clinical depression as well. Completely turned his life. He was also admitted that he was heavily into drugs. Turned his life around, got back to a world title fight. Won clearly, in my opinion. And then, obviously, as we said, with the corrupt judges, it's been a a draw. It won't hurt his bank balance because I have a rematch now and probably make double the money. But, yeah, amazing fight and huge credit to Tyson Fury for his accomplishment. Aaron? Now, you're going to have to forgive me. Um, I didn't catch this fight. Mm -hmm. So, who got knocked down twice? (laughs) <laughs> he did get knocked down twice. He got knocked down with an absolute corker in the last round. My God, how did he, how, how did you he saw get it, up? Nilo? Yeah, how he got up for that last one, I'll That's never incredible. know. incredible. I've never seen anyone get up from that. It like, was he literally, was, if anyone watches WWE, it was like The Undertaker when he just sits up, yeah. you know, from the dead. <laughs> exactly right. Wilder said, I, I was surprised he got up. Because no no doubt the knockdowns affected the result. His head. Yeah. He was basically celebrating. Basically was. If you see the vision, he was yeah. he was. He was showboating. Yeah. So uh, even Walter. with those two knockdowns, you still think Tyson Fury won he the dominated fight. the early rounds yeah. apparently. Okay. I didn't see the fight. Dominated, either, but. dominated most of the rounds in my opinion. The knockdowns obviously come into it, but overall huge fight, great fight. I cannot wait for the rematch, Dilla. I was reading on the internet, even if they gave those last few rounds ten eight to Wilder, Wilder mm-hmm. he still would have won. Like that's how far ahead he was. Yeah. So, you know, that that makes sense. Interesting. And the other fight, of course, boys, over the weekend, which Daniel unfortunately missed because he went home to go to bed, as he spoke about in Sinners and Winners. Sounds like I missed a lot. As well. Didn't miss a lot. The Anthony Mundine-Jeff Horn fight, to, to say that it was a bit of an anti-climax is probably an understatement with the man getting knocked out cold in the first round. Again, I think this goes a lot, again, Aaron, to the integrity of boxing. I'm a big boxing fan. I'm a huge Anthony Mundine fan, funnily enough. I know a lot of people hate him. Um, Huge career he's had, three-time world champion. I don't think he deserves – I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. For a bloke that dominated rugby league to then go to another code and become a three-time world champion, regardless of of his carry-on, that's an amazing sporting achievement. Kudos to him, absolutely. In my to mind. To dominate two yeah. completely, completely, completely different sports. Completely different sports. You've, you've got to respect that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But yeah, look, Jeff Horn, you know, Jeff Horn's about 30 years of age. Anthony Mundine 
was 43 going on 44 going into that ring. He was probably at least six or seven years past his prime. Yeah. Should he have been in the ring to begin with, with a fit-firing 31-year-old who's coming off beating Manny Pacquiao a year ago? Should they even have sanctioned it? I don't know. Money talks, I guess. But uh, well done to Jeff Horn. Got the job done. But yeah, it was a bit of an anti-climax, let's be honest. Well, let's face it. It was it was a swan song. It was a chance for Mundine to say his farewells yeah, and get yeah. a farewell handshake on the way out. And mm-hmm. he, yeah, I don't know what he got paid. He got paid several million dollars for that mm-hmm. fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he he got his handshake, and I think deep down he knew how that fight was going to go. How do you guys like? As I've put on the table, I'm a pretty big Anthony Mundine fan. How would you fellas think he'd be remembered in general? Because his sporting career is finished now. He has hung up the gloves. Do us personally, or as a yourself collective? personally. A personality. Yeah, I agree mm-hmm. with that. Really? Yeah, just that. Loudmouth. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, I don't particularly love him. I, I don't particularly hate him. But yeah, yeah. his personality... And, Certainly and, polarised and, a lot of people, that's for sure. And him not being involved in, in sport in this country, it, it'll be felt... End of an it, era, it, isn't it, really? Impactful. Yeah, end of an era. I tend to agree with you. I think that um, he's left a mark. He's etched his name in the history books for, as I said, two completely different sports. Yeah. Um, he is a loudmouth. He does mouth off a lot. Mm-hmm. He makes some big political statements. Yeah, yeah um, that's true. Forgot and, about those. And, and some of those are a little bit unfounded. True, I agree but with that. I'll, I'll always remember the, the, the fond memories of him dominating fights. And, and he won a few fights where he was expected to, to go down. Oh, yeah, mm. for he's, sure. He's proven himself, as you said, three-time title World holder yep. you know i agree with you guys i think he deserves that respect to go out and i know that from 50 percent of the population he's not going to get it yeah. everyone has their right to their opinion very true very true but uh overall great career well done chock mundine i think we're almost finished for this evening boys but before we finish up what's been a massive show we always have or what else has caught your eye in the sporting week now neil you've always got one two three sometimes <laughs> even four things up your sleeve that you want to get out there um <laughs> he, does <in> there. <laughs> he does it's true yeah i'm sure you got something inside that black skivvy you're wearing neil uh, let us know what you got <laughs> the black turtleneck skivvy that i'm wearing that's it no i, I was going to say today on a more serious note uh obviously we had the story about Usman Kawaja. i think it'd be Inept not to mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel very sorry for so him. For those who don't you know, expand, yeah. unfortunately, Usman Khawaja's brother has actually been arrested, uh, not charged, but arrested on terrorism charges. And I feel for him going to the first test in two days. Man, he, his world has just been rocked, and uh, you know his family, everything like that. I, whether he'll play or not. It'll probably decided before this podcast goes to air, but I feel very, very sorry for him. For Usman, yeah, look, what can you add? I think all we should say is obviously at the moment these are just allegations. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Nothing's been yeah, founded of course, of course. In any way, shape or form, but yeah, it's not a great story, obviously, on any level, but yeah, all we can do is wish that uh, Usman all the best in the test match. Hopefully absolutely. you can get in a headspace to play cricket. Um, Aaron, anything to add there? No, no, that's about it. Uh, I think that he's earned the right to for people to show him that respect. Mm-hmm. So let's mention it. Let's hope that it's uh, storming a teacup and um, let's yep. all move on and, and wish Usman uh, a good first test. Very well said. Anything else caught your eye, Daniel? Uh, I, I think um, th- this was close to being one of my sinners as well. I, I knew that I actually went a little bit too hard though, so I did leave it out at the beginning of the segment. But I wanted to mention the uh, evident football club supporters over at Anth- Anfield. They, uh, obviously, as we've uh, mentioned, Liverpool won that uh, Merseyside derby in the 95th minute, which with a freak goal. 
Uh, <laughs> no, Great Cross. I've yeah, already, Great Cross I've by uh, Van Dyke. But uh, in, in the 94th minute, so the last minute of uh, added time in the mm-hmm. Merseyside derby, the Everton fans actually decided to let off a blue flare. I did see from that, From the away yeah. end over there, basically showing your fiercest rivals that you're celebrating a nil-all draw in the Merseyside derby. So, ambitionless, if that isn't even a word from the mm. evidence supporters, they're, they're bordering the uh, Melbourne city of, uh, <laughs> oh. of, of Merseyside, in my wow. opinion. Bang. Uh, another funny thing that I actually came across was the fact that uh, two undercover Melbourne Victory fr- fans sprinted towards the man, uh, Melbourne City fans on Sunday at Melbourne City's home game, yelling, come on Melbourne, after winning half-time, a halftime event. These two fans were carrying victory scarves under their tops. So they won the prize of dinner with the City players and this in turn ended up being revoked because there was a 100% chance that they'd have gone in their victory shirt. So uh, call out to those two gentlemen as well. Absolutely. Outside of that, the uh, Euro 2020 draw actually did come out as well and uh, that's a very, very interesting uh, lineup. Have I, they decided all the, all the spots, have they? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, for the qualification. For the, oh, uh, for the Euros, okay. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So um, there are 11 groups in total, I believe, oh, or 10. Goodness. Yeah, it goes up to Group J, so I'm not going to rattle it all out in, uh, in in this segment over here, but have a look because that uh, should well, be very, so very interesting. six teams per group as well, is that correct? Yeah, there's. Uh, I know there's uh, six in some and uh, five in others. So, uh, well, that's fair. Yeah, uh, very interesting. <laughs> uh, split. I don't know how they sorted it out, but uh, that's UEFA and uh, for them to explain. So, looking forward to the uh, qualifiers starting. Outside of that, no, uh, not too much. What about yourself? Optosport exclusive, I think it is. Optosport, yes. Unfortunately. Uh, absolutely. So, we might give a uh, another plug to uh, Apple TV. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Kayo. Liam, I, I, I'm sensing some kind of retort uh, over there. What, what are you go. looking forward to? I do have one other thing that's caught my eye, just as we've been uh, sitting here chuckling along, having a chat. I've just Googled old mate Denzel Valentino's career stats. Here Obviously, Daniel did say that he's an up-and-coming star. <laughs> oh, the Bulls go. are missing. Hang on. I said that he's uh, in the top uh, five of our uh, players. You said he was yeah, quite a good player. Let's not backtrack now. Uh, we can rewind it if you want. Career stats for old mate Denzel. 134 <laughs> games played. Averages. 7.2 points a game so uh, <laughs> with a field goal percentage of just over 30 so if that's what you're banking on to get back up the balls I don't know what's going on there but uh, I think uh, Denzel Washington could do better oh than my God. he maybe could so uh, I think oh, Denzel man. Valentino might have something to do with our show title this week but uh, we'll work on that Aaron anything else mate just a very quick shout out. I'm a very big Arsenal fan, Gunner through and through. Um, there's no Arsenal supporters no, on this room. panel, so I'll just throw it out there. Arsenal is playing the best football they have played in many, many they years. Are doing mm-hmm. well. They are doing um, very well. They are not going to win the, 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 the Premiership. The Premier League will be won by either Liverpool or Man City. Yeah. Oh, I like um, that you give us a chance still. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, you have when, to at when, the moment, yeah. With brilliant goals, like on the weekend. Yes, yes. <laughs> with a little bit of luck, you're, you're still you're still in touching distance. But no, I'm I'm really happy with uh, Unai Emery. He's uh, he's turned this club around. North London is red once again. Yeah. So up definitely. the Arsenal for uh, for completely demolishing Tottenham, and uh, really <laughs> looking forward to uh, Man United at Old Trafford, the Field Huge of game. Dreams this week. Huge game. It was a topsy turvy game that one as well, wasn't it? Yes. Ya. Yeah. They took the leads late in the second half, but yeah. we dominated. 
all the way through. We dominated yeah. the play. We had plenty more chances. So looking forward to United this week. Massive game. Now, Daniel, social media push? Absolutely, as per the norm. Encouraging everyone who's actually listening to our show to follow us across our social media platforms if you have Twitter. Please give us a follow. We do follow back and you can find us at at Sports Week Pod. I think we did have a little bit of a milestone on Twitter through yes, the week. Yes, let's mention uh, the milestone over the week. Uh, we actually hit 1,000 followers on Twitter. So, congratulations. I Pat take, on the back I to take ourselves. full credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You follow us just this week, did you? <laughs> on Instagram also, please feel free to give us a follow and, uh, well, comment on our posts because we love engaging with you guys on that platform also. And if you haven't liked us on Facebook, please give us a like or follow also. And of course, all our episodes you can stream from Facebook. Just press the play button yep. and you can listen to all our episodes totally for free on there. It's free everywhere, by the way. On podcasts. On podcasts. Any on podcast iTunes, provider. Wherever the case may be. But it's been a massive show, boys. Um, I think we might huge. leave it there. Now, before we go, we must say a huge thank you. What a debut it's been, boys. Incredible stuff. Aaron, Aaron for joining the show. Thank you very much. Three thank votes. you so much for having me. Awesome to have you on, mate. We'll definitely have you back anytime. Looking forward to that. But yep, it's been a huge show. Thanks everyone for your support and for listening. And we'll see <laughs> we'll see you all next week. And uh, to Denzel Valentine, I hope you can work on your jump shot, mate. See you next week. Cheers, bye. <laughs>